Do you hate that you wait until it's too late and purposely procrastinate? Do you begin with a bang but never finish because motivation does diminish? And what about that book you started? You want to write it but feel half-hearted. Do you pick up the pen but then set it down again and again? If so, it's time we had a talk about overcoming writer's block. Today on the pod, you'll get information for transformation to beat and defeat procrastination. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools, and biblical truth to build your brand, business, or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income, and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son, and his wife doing business, ministry, and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. We are excited to be with you today and excited to drop in on an awesome topic. Overcoming writer's block in every other form of procrastination. So, Coach Tam, you brought us in with that awesome rhyming intro. What do you got on writer's block? Well, I think this is one of the main things that writers and aspiring writers face is they'll sort of start off with a flourish or maybe they just have too many ideas and they're they're just sort of stuck. And so they get a few words down and then they end up looking at a blank page or a blinking cursor on a blank screen. And so today we want to give you some tips and tools, strategies and tactics to deal with writer's block, but writer's block can be a form of procrastination. And so we want to we want to touch on other forms of pr- procrastination that also slow you down when you're building your brand, business and ministry and for some people, it honestly takes them out of the game. So, Zach, what do you think? Should we talk about procrastination and move to writer's block? Should we start with writer's block? and move into other forms of procrastination. What say ye, sir? I say we start with procrastination and and dive into that a little bit and then and then contextualize it maybe with some writer's block stuff. Here's one thing I think about procrastination is I got a few con- contrarian thoughts on procrastination. So first, I think one of the big mistakes entrepreneurs, influencers, leaders make is trying to do too much. It's just trying to do too much. And me, as a, as the president of Kingdom Builders and as a as a leader entrepreneur, I don't want to do the most. Right? I'm not. I don't want to be in a position where I'm doing the most things. I'm I'm just out hustling everybody. I'm out working everybody. I'm doing more things than everybody. I want to do the most important. I don't want to do the most. I want to do the most important. So I think, really, before we figure out like, okay, how am I going to actually get the job done? We've got to figure out like, what are the most important things? Like, what is the one thing? I always try to boil it down to like, what's the one thing? What's the one thing that's going to just make everything easier, going to make everything better, going to make everything kind of fall into place. Once I find that one thing, my thing is I just do it first. Like I do it first and like structuring my day, structuring my work week to actually get things done and more importantly, get the right things done. I take the morning, like the morning, like you got to kind of know yourself, like what's your like peak productivity hours in the day. 
mine is the morning. You know, if I've got like something I've actually got to work on, I've got to like edit a funnel, edit some copy, create some training. I'm blocking my mornings and I just use my Google calendar and I'll just put like, instead of a to-do list, I'll kind of maybe do a to-do list to organize some things, but then I block it on the calendar and whatever the most important thing is, that is the first thing I do. That's the first thing I do. I get it out of the way in the morning. And then other things like email meetings, I always do that in the afternoon. You know, I, I try to try to just really block the morning for the work that like is easy to put off and procrastinate the harder stuff that you don't really want to do. Try to do that first. And then in the afternoon when I've got maybe less energy and focus, I'll do the easier things like email and meetings. I think you really set yourself up for failure. Your first hour of the day is, oh, I'm just going to, you know, punch through some emails. I'm going to read some things. I'm going to, you know, respond to some things because that's like doesn't take the best of you. You know, whatever the most important thing is, whether that's writing your book or getting clients or clarifying something, refining something, do that first, block those morning hours and then just get it done. Yeah, that's that's great advice, Zach. Love that. I kind of think of it as when you were a child and this is something that a lot of us struggle with, including me, is that as adults, we parent our children, but we don't parent ourselves very well. And we let ourselves off the hook too much. We we give ourselves leeway that we would not give to our children. We wouldn't say, oh, it's okay if you watch TV and eat Fruit Loops all day. No, you've got to do your homework or you've got to eat your vegetables before you have dessert. And so often we'll just move to whatever's convenient and whatever we like to do before our priorities. So we've got to prioritize our purpose. What is your purpose? What is it that you want to do? What is it that's going to make an eternal impact? What is the thing that's going to matter a thousand years from now that you did today? And when you when you take that, what I call a thousand year budget, that, that you're thinking about a thousand years from now is me watching this TikTok video on cute cats really going to matter? No, it's not. But what if I spent that 15 minutes doing something for my book, writing out a story for my book or working on my business plan or working on social media marketing. That can last a thousand years because it can have a ripple effect through the generations of just one person that I touch, that that I mentor, that ends up mentoring others. So I, I think that that is, a, that is a great thing to do is to start with, start with your vegetables and then move to, to your dessert and decide what are, what are the things that I don't wanna do. And last week I shared a concept with you of if I can't, I must. And so take that mentality. If I can't do this, I must do this right now. Let's do it. And um, I, th I think that another thing that helps when you think about procrastination is just having a plan, having a plan and having accountability. And I can tell you from our perspective as coaches for well over a decade, we've been coaching Christian entrepreneurs, business leaders, everyday Christians on how to start with nothing from the ground up and within 90 days have high paying clients, how to build your brand the right way, doing the right thing in the right order. And we started off with a lot less helps than we have now. We started off with just curriculum and a once a week coaching call. And people got results who were motivated, but a lot of people are used to buying a product, putting it on the shelf. 
buying an online course, never logging into it, buying a book, flipping through the pages, putting it on the shelf. Well, that's not going to do you any good. And let me tell you something else, even reading that book or listening to that course is not going to do you any good unless you implement. It's not going to do you any good unless you implement. And what we found is that people need coaching and accountability in order to implement successfully. You can implement partially, you can implement weekly. Uh, and when I say weekly, I don't mean by days of the week, I mean poorly, weekly. Um, you can implement a little bit on your own, but for most people, they're going to fall off at some point. You need that, that regular accountability. We have our folks in a weekly group of peers. They get a weekly, uh, a weekly group where they can talk and they can ask questions. They get time with me, Zach, and Jillian every week that they can they can ask questions. We can keep them motivated. We can keep them on track. And I think that that's really, really important. If you're struggling with procrastination, get an accountability coach. Get a buddy that you can do it with. It's like having a personal trainer at the gym. If you've ever had one, you know that you show up. You get to the gym. Whereas if you don't have one, maybe you don't parent yourself so well. Or if you show up, maybe you do a few reps on that machine or 10 minutes on that bike and you're out of there. Not the same way when you're working with a personal trainer. So I think that's a real key element as well. Yeah, I love that that accountability. Another thing is having a deadline. You know, nothing's gonna gonna <laughs> move you to actually get it done. Like, all right, we're doing it live on Monday at one. Because I'll tell you, with our curriculum, I had a, some curriculum ideas I wanted to develop for Kingdom Builders, and you know, I was gonna record it in studio and I was gonna write the scripts and do the powerpoints and basically didn't do anything for six months. And then Coach Jillian said, why don't you just do it live? Why don't you just like do it live? And I said, all right, let's do that. Next kind of batch of students we take in, I'm just gonna do it live. And guess what? Every Monday at one, I had to show up and do it live. So I managed to get it done. And, I, me, and me and my wife, wonderful son bunny here, we were talking before this podcast uh, about procrastination. And we had kind of two different experiences in college, we, I had, a, I didn't tell you this, but I had to write like a 50 page business plan and the way that the professor, um, did the course and that kind of final big deadline of a 50 page business plan was every week we had like two pages due. like every week we had to write like two to three pages on like a different kind of section of the plan. And at the end of the semester, all I did was copy and paste all of those documents into one. And my plan was done because I had that pacing, right? I found that pacing. I was able to break it down week by week by week by week. It wasn't me. It was the professor. It really helped me out because, honey, you had a different experience. Okay. Can I just say I love me some procrastination? Let me just talk to all the procrastinators. Do you know procrastination can be your best friend? Yes, that's right. Procrastination can work for you, not against you, if you let it. Sometimes for me, I get in the zone. How many of you can recall a, a, a point in your life where you either had to prepare for something or you've had to write a meeting, uh, write, write something or come to a meeting or write a paper and like you were not prepared at all. And then you know what I call it? I got in the zone. This is what happens to me. I don't know what happens, but I, I just get like, I put it off. But this is what I love about a deadline. Like when you have, yes, you have the zone. Yes, I have the zone. And do you know what? I know it may sound odd to the Eagle Scouts in the room, but to us who kind of thrive under a little bit of pressure, 
when I face like I have to write something bunny, I'm like, it's the last minute. And I'm like, I, I can feel the juices flowing and I'm like, let's do it. So I'm just saying, is that you too, Victoria? Perfecto. Yes, I see you, Andrea. See, procrastination, it doesn't have to be your enemy. It can be your frenemy. It can work for you and it can work against you. So I will say I had to write a paper to graduate college and, um, and uh, I procrastinated. Oh, did I ever? I procrastinated. I was pulling those all-nighters. I had, I had my coffee. I had my donuts, but the juices were flowing, okay? Now, here's where procrastination, it sets a trap. And you got to be careful because you know what I think? I think procrastination bunny has a sweet spot. And I, let me just tell you, I know bunny, Coach, a sweet center, a delicious jelly-filled center. And I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna actually make her testify to this because do you know who else thrives under pressure and loves the thrill, the thrill of a little procrastination? Coach Tan herself. She loves it. I've got three minutes. I can make a latte. Do her hair. Hold on. I'm curling and I'm writing my notes and I'm ordering things on Amazon and I'm giving directions to Matt. Thrives under pressure. So I, there's a sweet spot. There is a sweet spot to procrastination that can pull out the best in you, but it requires a deadline. So I wrote my paper, Professor Jackson, and, and, I, and I got my paper done. Here's the trap that procrastination set for me though. I, 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 I miscalculated. I, I, I drew my margins. What do you call it, Bunny? You drew, uh, or you you drew your your you drew your boundary too far out. You got to put your boundary in. So I was at the library printing my million my million word paper that I had written that was due for Professor Jackson. I was racing across campus. I fell into the mud. I had my paper. I couldn't find a stapler. I couldn't staple my paper. I was sprinting because she said, if it's one minute late, it's not accepted. No grace. Zero grace. It was due day. It was due day. I had the paper. The procrastination juices were flowing. I, I, I go in, I race into class to turn it in. I'm, I'm totally disheveled. I'm covered in dirt and mud. My paper isn't stapled. And I, I put it on her desk. And I mean, she had, she just looked at me and had like one minute to spare. And I said, do you have a stapler? And, and, and she accepted it. But I had a friend who came in one minute after this guy in my study group. And he did not graduate on time because his paper was one minute and he came in and I could see his face and he was like, maybe the hands of time got rolled back. Maybe the gods are at work. And I was like, and everyone just looks. See, that's what happens when you depend on the gods. <laughs> it's true. Good. But that's what happens too when you draw your boundary or your margin too far out. So I don't know. Bunny, I, I need you to I need you to kind of give a little you know, procrastination can help you. It's true. It can be your friend. Is that true or not? I, I guess if that's your personality type that you do thrive under pressure. But even though I guess I do, I don't like, it's like I thrive under pressure when I'm, I know I'm going to get there. So let's just squeeze as much in as we can. But I honestly prefer to have a less stress approach to 
entire life. You know, if I, if I think it's going to take three weeks to do, I'll say, well, let's push the deadline to four weeks. So that I give myself a little bit of a breather and I'm not feeling more and more pressured as the deadline approaches. What, what about you, Zach? Do you like that, that, uh, procrastination is your frenemy? No, not so much. Actually, I read a book though. I read a book called Originals that made the case that procrastination for creative projects can be good. It can be good. Um, Let's speak to that. Why don't you share an excerpt? Because I'm getting lots of, there's lots of discourse yeah. in chat. Yeah, no, I think you gotta, you do have to have that deadline, right? Because if you don't have the deadline and you procrastinate, it's going to never get done, right? If you don't put a, a deadline on you know, this is the year, this is the month, let's break it down piece by piece, step by step. Let's announce it, let's do it live. Like you've got to actually have some form and function. Right. Otherwise, if you just indefinitely procrastinate, you're just never going to do it. Right, So agreed. We've got to have that like, all right, I'm doing it, I'm doing it on this date, I've announced it, I'm going live, right? That kind of thing, yeah. that kind of setup so yeah. that it actually gets done. Yeah. But then say it's four weeks out, one thing that you can do is like, you should like be putting in that daily work, right? Like take that first hour of the day and put in the work and maybe you're doing research and you're writing bits and pieces and you're creating some slides, but maybe it doesn't all come together until the last minute. You know, I, one of the examples in the book was about Dr. Martin Luther King and his, I have a dream speech, you know, minutes before he went live with his, I have a dream speech and Winston Churchill did the same thing. They're like crossing out sentences. They're rewriting it. They're reshuffling it. They're adding in stories. They're pulling in, you know, their kind of quips and quotes. And the reason they could do that is because they actually had put in the work already. They had already put in the work. They had, they had done the research, done the speeches. This was their like 10,000th speech, right? So when they came to this place of, I'm doing this last minute hustle to like get it done and put pulling it all together at the last minute. It was with the kind of muscle memory of I've done this before, you know, I know this stuff and it's a little bit of plug and play. And I think that when we become experts in our own domain, we can do the same thing. So whenever I do the trainings, like remember like Mondays at one, the level one training, I've done lots of coaches trainings on Thursdays at three. I always put them in the afternoon. I always do it in the afternoon because I want to be able to block that whole day it, just in case, you know, just in case I did wait to the last minute. I don't have any slides done. I usually have an outline. I usually, as soon as I have an idea for something, I put the outline together, but then oftentimes I won't fill it in. I won't fill it in. I won't do the slides. I won't do the, do this up until the last minute. And that actually allows your subconscious to work on it, you know? So instead of maybe I had it four weeks away, instead of doing it that first day and then waiting four weeks. I could maybe be subconsciously working on it for those four weeks and doing a little bit of the work, staying in momentum, chewing on some ideas, having some conversations, you know, testing out the talk with some people. Um, and then I actually pull it all together at the last minute. You know, I think that's kind of where, where there's a little bit of blend of doing the work and being accountable to a, to a deadline. Um, but Hey, maybe it doesn't come together until literally you go live. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about writer's block for a minute. So for the authors and writers and wannabe book writers, procrastination is real. It'll it'll happen and it and it appears in the form of writer's block. So I want to give you a few strategies to overcome that. And number one, this seems very basic, but it's amazing how many people don't do it, is start with an outline. 
So from the very first word that you write, you know exactly where you're going. Now, in the creative process, you can go down little rabbit trails. You can change things up here and there, but start with an outline so that you know what the structure of your book is. So you might start with, for instance, your background, your credibility, why you deserve to be heard. I'm, I'm talking to people who are mostly writing nonfiction works, but this the same is true in fiction, that you've got to have character development, you've got to know who your characters are, what's going to happen to them, what the arc of the conflict is, like where conflict happens, where's the peak of conflict and how does it resolve, those kinds of things. You should know that at the beginning when you when you first start writing your book. If you're writing nonfiction, then you should be talking at the beginning about your credibility, the promises that you're making to the reader, what what they're going to get by reading your book, why this deserves to be read, and how their life will be impacted after they read your book. Then you might want to take them through your proprietary process. How are they going to get the, these results? And that can make up the bulk of your book. So if you implement this strategy, if you do this tactic, if you will get with these people and you will do these things, then the end is the result that you get. And then at the end, you kind of tell them what you told them. That's also a good structure for a speech for those of you who, who are speakers. So number one is start with an outline. Catalog your stories, the stories that you want to tell. Catalog the quotes that you want to, to use, um, the statistics that you would like to reference. Gather all those together. That's going to help you eliminate probably 90% of writer's block because you have stuff there to talk about. It's all cataloged. It's all ready to go. You kind of deal a meal them out. If you put them on index cards, you can kind of say this one goes in that chapter, this one goes in that chapter. And you, you have a good foundation to start writing with. You have a, a good place to start. Um, then this is my advice to you. This is good advice. Take this advice because it works. You will never have writer's block if you take this advice that I'm giving you now. And that is to stop at the beginning of a story. So when you're having your writing sash, let's say that you decide you're going to write for 30 minutes a day and you have your outline. So you know what you're talking about. You pick up from where you left off before. Well, when you stop, stop at the beginning of a story at the very beginning of a story so yesterday zach and i drove through garden of the gods and we were talking as we were driving now i'm going to put down the pen that's it you're not going to hear the rest of the story that story will continue in my next writing session right so if you start with a story start writing it stop in the first couple of sentences you know exactly what happens. You know what you talked about on that drive in Garden of the Gods. You know what you saw. But next time you pick up the pen, you just start writing again. And you don't have any writer's block because you stop at the beginning of a story. So implement that. I think it's going to help you. I love it. I love it. That's perfect, perfect advice. Um, you know, one thing I don't think you mentioned, Coach Tam, big, big writing fundamental that I've heard you share is don't edit and write at the same time. Like my favorite type of writing is like what I call like stream of consciousness writing. Like just kind of sit down and <clears throat> I wanted to do journaling at one point. I wanted to like kind of create a journaling exercise. And 
I, I labeled a document, something like 10 minutes of thoughts, <laughs> you know, or just every day I would just sit, sit down and just set a 10 minute timer and just write whatever I've been thinking about, like whatever's on my mind, whatever I've been thinking about and just kind of stream of consciousness writing. And when you do that, you're going to find that like things just start popping out of you, you know, like good stuff comes out when you just start writing, right? It could be about anything. It doesn't even need to be about the necessarily the book or the topic or the teaching. But if you're struggling to, to get any momentum in writing, try just like stream of consciousness, just like, here's what's on my mind. Make it just like kind of journaling and let yourself find your way to whatever you need to write about. Like maybe I'll, I'll have like some, kind of some, you know, business challenge or business idea on my mind. And, you know, I want to kind of work through it and flesh it out. Maybe I don't start there. Maybe I start with, you know, just whatever's on my mind, you know, what I dreamt about last night, you know, some conversation or experience I had, but in just spitting it all out, you know, without like critiquing myself or editing myself or, or being even all that intentional about where I'm going, just literally like stream of consciousness, whatever's on my mind, I'm just putting on paper. And then you kind of find your way to that, to that subject matter. Maybe you could just pull that from like a journaling exercise and put it into your book outline and then edit it and massage it. But I think for all our writers, one of the best things you can do is just be real consistent and in a daily practice of writing. And if you find that like, I've just got to go stream of consciousness for 20 minutes and I wrote 1500 words and only 300 of them were for my book. Great. Pull that 300. At least you got like, you know, 300 meaty words that were for your book. Right. I think another thing that that especially our public speakers, folks who who love to speak but don't want to write, but everybody keeps telling them you need to write a book and you want to write a book, you just don't enjoy that process of writing. You, it, speaking comes naturally to you. Writing is a challenge. So here's what I would recommend for you. I recommend that you pick up a microphone and you start talking and tell your stories, do it as though you were speaking to a live audience, or you can even speak to a live audience and then have it transcribed. Have it transcribed. It won't cost very much. You can send that MP3 of your, of your recording to a transcription service. Within 24 hours, it'll be back in your inbox, and then you just edit. Then you just take out any little stutters that you may have had or any little transitions that were rough, massage them a little bit. And that is the talk and transcribe method. And I really like it. I love that. Honey, you write our podcast emails every week. Yeah. So I would just say if you're writing, don't feel like it's, it's like, I think sometimes when you're writing something, you feel like, and this is it. No, it's not. It's, it's not it. It's like, do you know, I write copy all the time for KBA and I will write things and then I had give myself the freedom to go down the tangent. I'm like, oh, I think this is so funny, or I love this. I'll write, write, and then when I get done, I'm like, ooh, that was no, no good, and I gotta like go down a different tangent. It's okay if you're writing a book, or you're writing social media copy, or you're writing a blog, or you're writing a newsletter. Like sometimes I think you can get really locked up because you feel like with every click of the key or every stroke of the pen that it's like it's there forever no it isn't there forever it's all changeable you can edit it you can go in a different direction but don't let that stop you from going for it you know even if you start like sometimes when i'll be writing copy for for you know power up 
and I'll think of a really great story or an analogy or a movie and I'm really excited about it and I write it, I get halfway through and I'm like, where was I going with this? What was my point? Why did I, why am I writing this? And I'm like, but I just wasted 15 minutes. No, I didn't because it still allowed me to get into the space to be writing. And then do you know, it's not, it's not any time before another great idea comes right behind that one. So it's like behind every bad idea, there's a good one waiting. So, you know, you just don't know, like, let it, let the creativity flow and don't feel like you have to be married to everything that you put down on paper, but don't delete it. So if I get stuck on something and I'm writing it and I'm like, uh, I don't highlight and hit delete, leave it there. Let it marinate, come back to it. You might be able to be like, you know what? That one thing isn't so good, but this is. And that's what becomes your springboard to something else. So I would just say, don't get locked up into thinking that like everything has to come out perfect because it's not going to. And and if you have an idea, go with it and yeah. go back to it. Yeah, I love that. You're not going to run out of ideas. No. It reminds me of Jerry Seinfeld when he said, people say, you're going to ruin your appetite. He goes, I'm not worried about ruining my appetite. I got another one coming right behind it. Uh the same thing with your ideas, right? Don't worry, like, oh, I'm going to ruin my writing session. Like, oh, that wasn't a good idea. You got another idea coming right behind it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And I think I think Jillian really hit on a good point there, too, is like, how do I make this process that is not enjoyable for right now, how do I make it enjoyable? So if you're not enjoying it, you're probably not going to spend as much time at it as if you did enjoy it. So you might think, how can I, how can I add joy to this process. And I'll tell you one of the ways that I do that is I make sure that I'm physically comfortable, that I'm in a comfortable environment, that I that I have a hot beverage, that I have water nearby, that I have all my tools are assembled. And I work most of the time that I work, I'm going to say 80% of the time I work at a sit-stand desk. So I can stand up, I can sit down, I don't have to break out of my my rhythm because I need to move my position. So I can stand up, I can sit down, but most of my work is done in a chair that's a zero gravity chair with a laptop desk on it. And so I'm kicked back, like I am reclined, my feet are up, my laptop is there, and I do most of my work there because I'm very comfortable there. So maybe it can be a thing as simple as changing your environment or changing the time of day that you work. What is going to make this experience enjoyable for me? I, I think I really had a breakthrough when I was in my early 30s in, in the same kind of area with exercise that I lived in Florida, it was hot, and I got bored easily. And I thought, what can I do to make this enjoyable so that it's not a chore for me every day? And I found that variety was my friend. So I would go biking one day, I'd take a walk the next day, I'd do a yoga class the next day, I would go to the gym the next day, and I would just find something different to do every day. And if I got bored with my trail, I would change trails. I would go on a different trail to walk, I would go on a different path to bike ride, and that kept me really fully engaged. So you have to kind of um, have, a, have a number of tools and strategies at your disposal so that you're going to create an environment that affect, affects productivity, that gives you yields bottom line results. So I hope that that these tools and tips have been helpful to you today. Zach? Yeah, let's take some questions from our members and we will see you guys next week on another episode of the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast. Bye everybody. 
Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting episode.